This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. All right, ready? Yeah, are you ready for me to forgive you that I'm here on Sunday? Yes. Let's talk about forgiveness. Okay, before we start, I'm gonna blow your mind. Ready? Yeah. I am gonna start this episode off with a quote. (sighs) Okay. I'm ready. It's one of my favorite quotes. I don't know if it's my favorite quote anymore, but it used to be. It's a Buddha quote. You ready? Mm -hmm. Anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm -hmm. It's a good one for this episode. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard heard it. it. I've heard it. I can get down with it. Let's talk more about it. What does that mean? (laughs) So we're talking about forgiveness today because something we all have to go through <laughs> especially around the holidays especially around the holidays and i think it's good we're talking about family systems around the holidays i think so too well i think especially what's going on there doesn't just ignore it <laughs> <laughs> i think especially just being a human right we all gotta forgive here and there mm-hmm. and so i want to give you the definition of forgiveness and psychologists generally define forgiveness as a conscious deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness and it does not mean forgetting or does it mean condoning or excusing offenses okay what do you think about that i feel really good about that and I would say the struggle that I have is forgiveness, which I think many clinicians have, is for a long time we have talked about like you need to forgive someone in order to heal. Mm. I don't think I actually believe that. But but I also believe that you have to release. Yes. And I think this is where I like that it talks about deliberate decision to release feelings. Right. And I think when we use the word forgiveness, it feels like it is about them and releasing them. But I want to talk about it in terms of like releasing ourselves. I, I think that's an important thing to start yeah. with because I think we often think about forgiveness as, oh, this is for the other person. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if someone comes up to you and they say, oh, can you forgive me? Right. You know, like people will say that. Oh, mm-hmm. I did this. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. Right. That that makes it about the other person. Who says that to you? <laughs> no, I mean, not a lot. people have it. I, I haven't heard it in a while. I'm just saying, I feel like people say that now. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, so, no, I'm sure you're right. It's interesting. Okay, so it's also interesting like, as a parent because, like, right now, like, Millie's at an age where, like, <coughs> they make mistakes, they're supposed to say, I'm sorry. And so then, like, if, like, she keeps repeatedly getting, like, pushed down and someone keeps repeatedly saying sorry and the kid doesn't change their behavior, I struggle with this because, like, I don't teach her to say, like, it's okay. Right. Like, I tell her, like, you're allowed to say, like, oh, that hurt me or, like, I don't want to play with you right now, right? Like, you don't have to automatically, just because someone says, I'm sorry, doesn't mean you have to say, it's okay. Well, the it's okay in that situation, would that be forgiveness? And would that forgiveness I think it's permission. be for the other person? I, I feel like it's permission. Okay. Right? Like, like, I liked the definition that you talked about, which is forgiveness does not mean forgetting, nor does it mean c- condoning or c- excusing, right? So I think when you say it's okay, to me, that feels like the condoning. And I also think, I mean, we're thinking about forgiveness as like an expression, right? Like it's okay would be an expression of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. 
I think that is maybe for the other person. Mm, right? To ease their anxiety. Make As them opposed feel better. to forgiveness is something you do internally mm-hmm. with yourself. Okay, so what's the point of forgiveness? Why? Why do it? So just as Buddha said, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, which means it affects you to not forgive, right? And so harboring anger and resentment can lead to the body releasing stress hormones, Mm -hmm. like cortisol and adrenaline, whenever the person comes to mind, right? So like if you're on social media, I'm just going to use social media. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, I'm going with it. Yeah, do it. And you see like an ex and they did something fucked up to you years ago. Mm-hmm. Every time you see it, you're like, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right? Yeah. Like, if you're listening to this, yeah. raise your hand if this <laughs> resonates with you. <laughs> I don't feel like I do it for romantic relationships. I do it for friendships. For mine, I don't feel like towards romantic relationships because I feel very much like I don't care about that. Like, right. Because also, I will say, out of a self-compassion part, because I have done a lot of shit i would not like to say recorded onto a podcast in my relationships okay <laughs> do you right? think they're scro- scrolling through social media looking at you and they're like fuck that chick possibly no i don't think that i don't think because i don't think i ever like to like deliberately hurt someone or abuse someone in some way but i think i just like like i said like i went through a phase where i like drank and party a lot so like yeah. with that i think just like you do stuff that hurts other people absolutely not even intentionally so I don't feel that in terms of romantic relationships, but I do feel that on social media when I like scroll past a girl that like sucked me in high school and I'm like, screw that girl. <laughs> does that feel like, okay, does it feel like your cortisol and adrenaline are activated in those moments? No. Okay. I just feel like, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like a scorpion sting where I just want to like, <laughs> yeah, I just want to give them like a little pullback and like a, a little bit of a sting, a little bitterness. So that's kind of the the physical benefits, right, to be able to let go. There are also emotional benefits, like reducing unhealthy anger, repairing potentially valuable relationships, growing as a person, exercising goodness in and of itself, no matter the response. Okay. And I think we should preface this. Yeah. Because I think, as we talk about in every podcast episodes, there are situations where this is helpful like and other time right okay so let's preface it just to be very clear if you went through abuse that's exactly what i was gonna if say. you went right if there was an abusive situation you do not need to forgive someone for you to heal past that but there's sometimes where somebody was just not their best selves like when i talk about having some of this pain from like girls in high school girls in high school are struggling so hard Right. So like whatever they did to me and then whatever I did to someone else is because of a fuller system of being like so separated from yourself, not having your brain fully developed, making impulsive decisions. Right. Like so like I'm we're talking about forgiveness in terms of that kind of shit. Right. Or like towards your parents who were growing up actually at the same time you were. Right. Depending on the parents, unless your parents were abusive. Exactly. Right. Then it's not OK. So like, there are lines. There are lines, of course. And that's the case in everything that we talk about. Um, but I think sometimes, too, not forgiving can almost be empowering in those situations, in situations in which mm. you don't feel like you had any control over. Yeah. Of uh, situations of abuse, of rape. Of, and so there's you can ask yourself, is not forgiving something that feels empowering to me or is it something that feels like it's hurting me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've talked before on the show about like that I'm a sexual assault survivor myself. 
I don't forgive the person that did that to me and I don't care about them either. Exactly. That's <laughs> and a- I don't particularly give a shit what happens if exactly. I'm to them. Right. And so that's a perfect example of a situation where, and do you feel like you can heal without? Yep, not a problem. Exactly. Does not feel, feels very, my healing feels very separate than anything to do with them. I'll say that. So that's, I think, a really important thing that we talk about yeah. is that when we talk about forgiveness, we're talking about it in the sense of like there are these like little moments or these moments that you were hurt in relationships, not in situations of like abuse or assault. Or no, we're talking about ruptures, normal ruptures. things that happen in every relationship. Right. And sometimes and in this definition, it says sometimes it's beneficial to work through that forgiveness so that mm-hmm. you can maintain the relationship. Okay, like here's can I give an example? Please. So here's like an example of like what we talk about like is like ruptures that just happen in relationships. When I was going through fertility treatment, I did a very bad job of asking for help <laughs> from everyone involved. From my partner, frankly, from my therapist at the time, right, from my business partner, Jen. Like I just was like it I was like, I can do this on my own and I like tried to like fully go into some state. I then ended up having a ton of resentment towards my partner because I felt like they should have been able to jump in and know what I needed, but they did not. And I didn't ask for it. And so do I think that's my fault? No, I do not. I, <laughs> But I also have a decision, which is I hold that against my partner and put walls up, which don't worry, I, I tried I tried this version. Um <laughs> Went through that one already. Yep, already. It didn't work. Spoiler alert, doesn't work. <laughs> but why do or, we think? I don't know. Why do we think that that works? Self-protection. Yes. Right? Like, I had to think that, like, if he truly messed up and it was, like, I don't know, not done on purpose, but, like, done from neglect. Like, he should have known better. Or, like, he just chose not to. Then, like, I can heal myself and, and wall myself up from experiencing the pain again. Mm. That's what I would say. Well, I, in a kind of a similar way, right? Like it's almost like if you forgive, then you think, will this happen again with the same person that we feel like? Mm-hmm. That's the thing, right? If I forgive them, isn't that just giving permission to do it again? I like need to hold it. But like, but we don't say that in terms of kids, right? Like when we talk about like child rearing and like raising kids we don't say like well if they spilled the milk that one time you better hold it against them forever because they'll never learn like no you just talk about it clean it up and then you move forward but you typically do it in the moment so i think something we could say is that like you can forgive and still set boundaries Mm -hmm. right that we almost think of not forgiving as like if we don't forgive then they'll learn yes as opposed to i can forgive but i can also set this loving boundary mm-hmm. where I can say this is not okay for yes, me yes absolutely I think sometimes we think the two go hand in hand yes yeah so you told me that there are some stages to forgiveness there are stages to forgiveness guys we're, we're just dropping a lot of information on you too much too much information <laughs> too much and let's somebody just- summarize this <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to summarize forgiveness for you someone can summarize this after and it's gonna get summarized until it turns into a one minute podcast we could just do a cliff nose shrink chicks okay this is a side note i'm so sorry do you remember in the 90s i know we've been talking about the 90s a lot there was an infomercial about like learning how to read very quickly oh my god i know exactly what the fuck you're talking about exactly what you're talking about now that i think about it that's a phenomenal (laughs) skill (laughs) like 
<laughs> at the time I was like it? it was it was a computer program right yeah, it was or I just remember this guy it had to maybe a computer I don't know if it was a computer program because t- oh my god very we should be speed we should become speed, speed readers speed readers yes we'll do an episode also when you reading. keep saying like remember in the 90s that feels like yesterday to me I know like when you say remember in the 90s I just assume you're talking about last weekend it wasn't okay that's I know fine. but anyway speed that's reading. what made me speed reading mm-hmm. yeah We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash chicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash chicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrink chicks. So there are four stages of forgiveness created by Robert Enright. The first one is to uncover your anger by exploring how you've avoided or addressed the emotion. What do you think about that one? The first is to uncover your anger by exploring how you avoided or addressed the emotion. So mine would be avoidance. Same. <laughs> 
right? Like for straight up, mine would be like, okay, so like the reason I'm so angry is because I actually avoided this for so long and I allowed so much resentment to build up that it's just, it's all grown into anger. And, and not necessarily avoidance in like, oh, I like feel this, but I'm not bringing it up. Mine would be like compartmentalize. Like I won't push. Let my, I won't sh- let myself feel this. I won't even let no, myself. We're feel not even this. accessing it. It is over there on a shelf. I'm gonna wave and I'm gonna fucking walk out. So I think that's an important distinction to make. Is forgiveness is not just like pushing the emotion aside and pretending yeah. like it's not there. That you have have to actually acknowledge that okay. you're upset first. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's a key. The second one is to make the decision to forgive. No. Gulp. Begin by acknowledging that ignoring or coping with the offense hasn't worked and therefore forgiveness might provide a path forward. Okay. I can see that. That makes a lot of sense, right? Like consciousness of it, the whole thing. I like that it's talking about it as a decision. Yeah. Because I think... That's something you have to do. You get to you get to choose and decide to do. You get to choose and decide. And also I think, it, you know, in some ways... People might think of it as it's something that just comes to us, almost like closure. Mm. You know, people are like, oh, I closure will just come to me. I know I love when people say that. I'm like, from where? You're like, How? What do you mean? From the vents? What are you talking about? The the flowing out? Like, air? What the fuck are you talking about? But I feel like I've had so many clients who come in and they're like, I know, I know. I've like gone to other therapists before and they all talk about like, I got to forgive them to move forward. And I'm like, ah, tick, 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 tick. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Because it also makes it that it is automatic and then it takes away the autonomy of it, right? Mm-hmm. We are therapists, not counselors. We believe not in making decisions for you, but supporting the decisions you make for yourself. Autonomy over everything. That's trauma-informed right there. Mm. So it is a decision you get to make when you're ready and it feels right for you based on how it's affecting your life, not because what you should be doing for other people. I love that part. I like step two. I like step two because it makes us feel like we're in control of our lives. I like control. <laughs> I, I like control a lot. <laughs> well, and I think that it these are steps because this is a process. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to read these. And if you're thinking like, oh, I need to forgive this person, you're going to like hear this and be like, oh, I'm ready. You know, like it's a process. And to make the decision to forgive is also about consciously acknowledging what we were saying before that you can still set boundaries for yourself and you can still... Um, communicate what your needs are or take care of yourself in certain ways and forgive at the same time. Yep. Right? And so one doesn't have to exist without the other where it's like the only way I can protect myself is if I don't forgive. Do you ever hear of people who are like, oh, that person holds grudges? Like there are some people who hold grudges for like the rest of time. Yeah. Well, it's a, a good way to reframe holding grudges that that person is holding grudges as a way in which to protect themselves, but it's over-functioning for them. It's probably people that have a sudden asparagus. <laughs> a sudden asparagus? A sun in a... That's what we do. <laughs> we talked about in another episode, right? I thought you said... Well, I was like, wow, asparagus is coming up a lot. It's Scorpio's with a, with a moon in the moon. What's in my Humble- rising sign again? I feel like you I remember this. Yeah, I can't remember. We did do all your we stuff before, it. and now I can't remember anything. Same. <laughs> okay. No, I just can't my nose. <laughs> again? <laughs> Gotta help you blow your nose before these episodes. It's winter in Pennsylvania. Okay. <laughs> So, okay, let's go on to the third one because now we're just getting crazy. Third, cultivate forgiveness by developing compassion for the offender. Reflect Mm. on whether the act was due to malicious intent or circumstance in the offender's life. 
This one is gotta be the hardest. I don't know what number four is. You haven't told me yet, but like, this one's hard. But one, the word offender in general is what makes my body tense up. So let's use a different word here. Yeah. Which is like, let's talk about the idea of like your parents growing up at the same time as you. Right? Like, I always think about a lot that like my mom didn't have access to Instagram where she learned about gentle parenting. (laughs) Right? Yes. There was like, there's not. Yeah, no. Like, we have so much information now about how to like the information age. Right? The information age, right? So, we have so much information that one makes you doubt yourself and second guess, but also like, I can like teach myself how to do shit online. Like, that is not something. That, like, right, your mom wasn't able to, like, follow feeding littles and kids eating color, like, on Instagram to know that you shouldn't, like, make your kid eat something. A hundred percent. Right? That was not a thing. No. So everyone's, like, like, for the most part, like, when I think about, like, a lot of times people are trying their best with the skills that they have, which might not be a lot. If you weren't modeled that, if you didn't have some of this information. Now, some people do have intent to harm. Yes. Right? If you grew up in, like, a hell house situation, man, and there was, like, some actual evil moving on, I'm not sitting here, you have to say, and you have to forgive shit. Fuck that noise. That's, that's kind of the, I think that's yes. a big distinction, right? Like, there, when, when people hurt you, but maybe they don't have intent to hurt you, mm-hmm. or, you know, that you it, can make. It was just circumstantial. It was just circumstantial, exactly. As yeah. opposed to, like, once again, you grew up in, like, an abusive household. You yeah. don't have to forgive. And it's hard, right? Because also, like, a lot of times abuse is a cycle, right? So, like, there's a good chance that your parents experience alcohol in their house or they experience abuse in their house, right? Like, or, like, or and they're even giving it to you so much better than they had it, right? Like, this is what we talk about, like, is intergenerational transmission process that we try better with each generation. I think, too, you can develop empathy. Like, that's an example of, okay, if my parent was abusive to me, I cannot forgive them and can say, like, that wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. But I can also develop empathy for the fact that they were abused as a child. Yeah. Right? And so, once again, it doesn't have to mean that they're mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, that there might be there might be parts of these steps that are helpful for you and then parts that you don't agree with or parts that don't fit with the situation yeah. that you grew up with. And so that's okay. So take all of these and take what fits, throw out what doesn't fit. Okay. As always. So yeah, I think we, we use a different word other than offender. So how can you develop empathy mm-hmm. towards what their situation was? You know, perfect example and what you said about like the girls in high school mm-hmm. where you can think back to. I mean, everyone is in pain in high school. Everyone, right? Your <laughs> hormones lot, were raging. A lot of pain going around. I lot, have chosen to not hold anything. Exactly. Because they were going through stuff themselves. Well, and also I choose to forgive others in that situation because I really want forgiveness for who I was at 15 years old, right? Mm. Like that's a big part of like I can only have self-compassion for me if I can have self-compassion for you. Mm. And I need to have self-compassion for me because, like, I have pain. And that's where we're going to go yeah. into forgiveness of ourselves. Okay. Because I think that's a big one, but let's finish this. Okay. The fourth step is releasing the harmful emotion and reflect how you may have grown on the experience and act of forgiveness. Okay. So what do you do with that shit? Is that the last step? That's the last step. Oh, I like that. You okay. release it into the air. So... <laughs> 
through those vents again. Oh, that's where it comes from. Other people release it and then it goes to the vents to you. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. It's like okay. an HVAC system <laughs> of forgiveness. I do like myself an HVAC. Okay. <laughs> Have you turned the heat on in your house yet? Um, I, yeah, it is effing cold here, man. It's so fucking cool. We have the heat on in the office. I have the heat on in the house. And we, so we usually have a fire at our house. And then we had to have our chimney inspected because our house, remember that one time you walked in my house and you're like, it smells very smoky in here. There's like six months ago. Do you remember this? No. And you're I... like, it smells a little smoky in here. And I was like, oh yeah, sometimes it does. Like you get a whiff of the fire, like even when we're not using it. Wait, wait, wait. And I had like mentioned that to my partner. Yeah. And so we had somebody come out. The guy was like, you guys cannot use this fireplace. Your house will burn down. <laughs> So now we're having to get a new fireplace. Did you get like a chimney sweeper? We, you think that my partner, you think my Aaron has not had a chimney sweeper out every six months since we bought this house? Have you met him? The company's called Ye, Ye Old Chimney Sweep, which I think is very adorable. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's right? So I know. Great. I said, I wish that they like walked in like, you know, with dirty faces like Oliver Twist. That's what I'm picturing. Oh, with, the, with the, Oh my with God. The, well, yes. But you know what I have? was actually just thinking about what? is what we talked about is the little princess. <gasps> I don't want to talk about that trauma. Uh, can I forgive my parents for allowing me to watch can that movie? Can you forgive the director for making <laughs> that movie and and like having children watch it? I cannot believe that was a like that was like a normal movie we watched in our childhood. You know how we talk about parentification and like how I've talked about feeling like an adult in a child's body. I think it maybe was a result of watching <laughs> A Little Princess because holy shit! If you ever watched A Little Princess don't. as a child, don't. Don't watch but watch it, it as an, so sad. I want you to watch it as an adult and picture yourself being a child. Watch that. It is really harmful. <laughs> so do we believe that there was direct intent? No. They were probably <laughs> like, this is a heartwarming story. I didn't find it heartwarming. I found it quite traumatizing. Yeah, no, I feel like I couldn't sleep. Right? It's like, papa. <laughs> Don't. If you've seen that. Also, if you've seen that, DM us and tell us your thoughts. Right? I think we should no, put I don't want to talk about it. I mean, it really still hurts to think about. It's really bad. But I was that's how I was thinking about chimney sweeps. That the with the things. Yeah. It's Remember like the time they gave us feedback that our podcast is not um it goes off topic too much? Do you think this is part of it? <laughs> Sorry guys. Let's uh, but but What's about anger? Cuz I think that that's important. Yeah. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that. All promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study 
aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks. Say goodbye to the cheap razor era, my friends. It's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with Athena Club. Em and I just got back from an amazing trip to the Caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice, the therapy group. And in haste of packing, because yours truly is a packing procrastinator, I forgot my Athena Club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth, a mistake I will never make again. The Athena Club hype is real. The shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. And the difference between anger and resentment. Oof. I feel like resentment's in my bones. Like anger, where's anger? Like in your muscles? I feel like anger is what radiates off of me in my tone, in my body language. Resentment is what I keep close in my bones of what I like is like so deep in there. Like to me, it feels like I'm, it's easier for me to get over and release anger. Resentment, it feels like it's become like an integrated part that I have to like physically get off of me so yeah anger is more of like an immediate reaction yeah. to it like a situational event mm-hmm. whereas resentment is something that like has lasted over time right that's where our forgiveness comes in mm-hmm. and I think this absolutely plays a role a lot in our romantic relationship yeah okay wait so what are our two definitions here Jenna's so prepared. I have to. We have to do everything. Okay. I, I was just gonna like add with it, but I'll go for it. Anger is a reaction to a disturbing situation or an unpleasant event. Resentment, however, is not merely an automatic response to a situation, but involves a voluntary act of dwelling on past or, past events. That's why I wanted to bring this up. Okay. Because the dwelling on past events reflects the fact that we haven't come to forgiveness of those mm-hmm. past events you know how you get in a fight with your partner and then you bring up every single situation where they did the exact i've same never thing? done that once <laughs> in my life jennifer not me wrong girl and then you end up in this fight and you're like this isn't mm-hmm. even what we originally started to fight about 
I can't even imagine that happening. I've right. never heard of that happening to me. That's you're talking to the wrong person. I don't do that every Tuesday. <laughs> Why Tuesdays? That's when I go to couples therapy. <laughs> 2 p.m. on Tuesdays, okay? <laughs> Is it just building up? You're like, I might as well just like bring all the resentment to the surface. No, I think it's because it is genuinely a consciousness release. Mm. And sometimes to consciously release, I have to like say it and like choose to let that one go. Well, you know what? And that's where couples therapy is very helpful. That's what I was just going to say. The good <laughs> thing about couples therapy is it's their safety and having someone else there, right? You triangulate your couples therapist into your relationship. Yeah. But you're not going to, you're, you're going to be more intentional. Um, it feels so intentional at couples therapy. Yeah. Like when we have in the past had couples come in and they're actually like acknowledging each other's emotions and communicating and you're like, well, why can't you bring this home with you? It's because we're sitting right there, of yeah. course. Yeah, because someone else is. But also then the accountability of going in the next week and knowing that my partner's got to get a report back in some way. I'm like, I guess I'm going to hold it together more than I normally would if I just let myself be like animalistic. <laughs> It is very animalistic, right? Well, and I think that part of resentment, too, is that we, like, hold on to it. We're like, I'm going to file all of these things away so that I can protect myself. Okay, like, my dog. (laughs) There's a point to this. I assume. Murphy, like, there's a dog in our neighborhood that my dog hates. And one time, this dog got out of his electric fence and charged Murphy while we were on a walk past its house. And I kid you not, Murphy who's like playing with little dog like my dog's a gajillion pounds and jen's dog is one pound mm-hmm. and like murphy like play with him you know what i mean but this one fucking dog my dog cannot murphy cannot release he cannot let go he of it is so it. animalistic it is the only dog he do- who does it to even if other dogs are like barking at him and freaking out and he doesn't do it back except for this dog in my block so thinking about murphy i would think about that as like oh he's trying to protect himself I think he wants revenge. Probably, I guess it's probably protection. Isn't it all I've protection? Been thinking, I've been thinking about it. In terms think of he revenge. wants revenge. <laughs> I think he wants revenge. You're on probably my dog. right. <laughs> but I have been in my brain calling it revenge. revenge yes. Right? How would he get revenge? Like a Count of Monte Cristo situation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you ever seen Count of Monte Cristo? It's the best movie. Should we say it? Well, I don't know if I'd say best, but definitely better re- than Little Princess. <laughs> I was supposed to read it. Of course, and you watched the movie because everyone did. And they definitely ask you questions <laughs> that are about the book that are separated from the movie. They and know. I, I got all of those wrong. Because they know. They're so smart. They're so smart. Those really teachers. really underestimated those teachers. Okay. Anyway, but I think, of, mm-hmm. I think when we think about it in animals, we think about it as, oh, they're protecting themselves, right? But when we think about it within ourselves, we're like, oh, this is resentment. Your resentment is a means to try and protect yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm going to bring this up in our next fight, and I'm going to show you all the ways that you hurt me. And what you're really because saying I'm hurt. is I'm hurt, and I've been hurt, and I don't want you to keep hurting me. But instead of saying that, we say, well, you never take out the fucking trash. <laughs> right? I don't know. Not me. Wrong bitch. Don't, <laughs> don't look over here. I've never done any of this before. And so when we talk about resentment and releasing resentment, we are not saying, oh, that means you're condoning behavior. Or you're saying it's okay. Mm-hmm. But you're choosing a different way to set boundaries and you're releasing some of that old stuff that's only sitting with you just as you said em it like is in your bones yeah like, how bad does that feel 
it feels horrible so bad and it feels trapping it feels like very like i feel like trapped in it when i had this like a caged animal oh oh my god it is that is okay dear em and jen ready are you ready i'm ready dear em and jen I have this friend who is about eight years older than me, and whenever I mention anything, getting tired, wrinkles, weight gain, cellulite, eyes going bad, injuries, hormonal stuff, so literally, you know, all the stuff that happens with age, um, she basically says, oh yeah, I went through that, or wait until you're my age, and it isn't helpful at all. It isn't, oh hey, I went through that, and how's how I dealt with it? It is very much a form of comparative suffering, like she got there first, or whatever I'm feeling, because it isn't new to her, it isn't worth discussing, and she's been experiencing it longer, so she one-ups whatever physical or emotional pain I'm dealing with. It very much, this person is also, the person who wrote this in, is very conscious and intentional, and I love this wording. It is very much undercuts whatever my experience is, and makes me not want to talk to her about these things. How do I approach these comments in a constructive way? It's almost one downing. You know, like a one-upper. Yeah, but my it's worse for me. One-upper is like things are better for me, but a one-downer is like things are worse for things me. Things are worse for me. But I have to tell you, the person who wrote this in, you know, you're saying like, how do I approach these little comments? How you just said it to us is exactly how I would approach it. This is beautifully written, right? Sometimes it feels like because you got there first, there isn't room to discuss it for me. And I know you went through this, Right. You clearly are already really good with your words and how to communicate, but the emotions are what's getting in the way when it goes to actually talking to this friend. Because the way you said it to us was absolutely perfect and beautiful. But I'm wondering if what comes up is the emotions of, hey, I'm actually mad about this, right? This actually really hurt me and I maybe have a little resentment towards our relationship for this. So the question is, how do I communicate this with keeping my emotions at bay and respond and not react and so does it mean taking yourself through the four steps of forgiveness Mm, towards this person right and role play it i would literally give yourself a thing or this is like another good example of doing shit over text right hey i was thinking about it and earlier when i made this comment and this was your response I noticed that it isn't the first time I felt sort of shut down. I don't think you ever do this intentionally. And it feels sometimes like when you do, I feel myself I feel myself pull away from you. And I want to make sure there's space in our relationship for both of us to exist together. And here are some of the ways that like it might be really helpful for me. And they can choose to respond in that way or not respond in that way. Yeah, yeah. And they might get angry, they might get upset, or they might say, hey, I hear you. I understand. And remember, just because somebody gets upset does not mean you shouldn't have done or said what you did, right? Like, it's very normal. Like, a lot of times we don't like hearing feedback as people. Like, sometimes if someone gives me feedback, I immediately feel reactive too. And then I have to, like, pull myself out of it and be like, all right, I hear what you're saying. And sometimes that is better done over text. I was just going to say, sometimes text allows for that And that's okay. Yeah, like, I feel like it's such, like, a stigmatized thing, once again, to text. But, like, I don't give a shit how you talk, as long as you talk. Right. As long as you get it out. Because otherwise, there's resentment that's going to build up that might create a wall in your relationship with this person. So if this relationship is really important to you, something to do, acknowledge first how you're feeling, and it sounds like through this you already are, to be able to say, okay, I want to make a decision to forgive this person, and I'm going to move forward with forgiving them, and then I'm going to maybe acknowledge where they're coming from in this. Mm -hmm. Maybe they never, maybe when they express themselves to a parent or to other people, that was the response that they got, so that's how they learned. Or maybe they feel really insecure about being eight years older. 
maybe there's stuff about you that brings stuff up for them as well the fact that like you're sitting here talking about wrinkle and cellulite and they have so much more right like i've experienced that before someone like in a bigger body when someone in a smaller body talks about weight gain i'm like all right well if you think that about yourself what do you think about me Mm. so it could also be that when you bring these things up it's bringing something up for them and part of that is them shutting it down because they can't go there with you that makes so much sense i'm just saying Totally. There's a possibility. So once again, and then getting to the point where you can forgive and also set boundaries. That it doesn't mean it's just like, okay, this is fine. But if this relationship is really important to you, to be able to set those boundaries and say, hey, this is how this feels. Is there another way we can communicate about this? There we go. That's our episode on forgiveness. If Forgive us if you hated it. Forgive (laughs) us. But that would be for us. So forgive us only if it's for you. (laughs) (laughs) so if this is helpful for you or you think it would be helpful for a friend feel free to send it on over don't forget to rate review and subscribe and follow on apple podcasts thank you for tuning in and remember to grow yourself you got to know yourself 